Hell lost another one. I am free. Man, that was just powerful, and I, I can't wait to speak into that a little bit today. And um, man, Church on the Lawn is going to be awesome. We've got some upgrades. Everybody say upgrades. upgrades. This week, Evelyn's like, what's upgrade mean? And I was like, you know when you rent a car and you rent the cheapest one they have? This is what I did in Charleston for a funeral recently. I, re- I rented the cheapest car they had. I was like, I'm just going to be there like 36 hours or 48 hours. It's not a big deal. I'm not driving much because I, I enjoy fun cars when I, when I rent cars. I like to upgrade and rent better than what I drive at home, which doesn't take much with my 2001 Acura MDX, also known as the Green Machine. I, we were in a parking lot recently, like a huge parking lot, and all these cars, a lot of young people. I was like, I look, I was like, I have the worst car in this parking lot. So anyway, um, so I did that, and then I get to the counter, and they're like, they're like, Sir, we, we don't have the car that you rented, but, but we have a, a Ram Rebel, if you would like a Dodge Ram Rebel. I was like, yes, please. No extra cost, sir. Okay, thank you. So it was awesome. Uh, but, so we got some upgrades for Church on the Lawn. Um, first off, you don't need to bring anything. You don't need to bring food, side dish, nothing. It's all provided. It's all free. We upgraded. got two food trucks this year. So we're going to have the barbecue we had last year with some gluten-free options and some sides and all that with Christian Brothers Barbecue. And we've also got a cool taco truck. So we're going to have Mexican and barbecue and Kona ice. So it's going to be awesome. Also, our stage is going to be a much larger stage with an overhang and cover for the band. So the band is going to be like, yes, thank you. So, and maybe some of that shade will get into the, some of the people closer. Maybe that will cause people to come up further, like, to the front to worship. So, there will be shade up there. Like, you guys, man, you're so hungry today. No, it's just shaded, and it's hot, though. So, anyway, that's kind of fun. Um, but one thing, uh, Nicole and I are going to speak together today. We, we, um, we lost, we didn't, uh, usually in February, around Valentine's Day, we share our testimony. We share that. I don't think we did that this year. So, we're like, man, let's just, let's just co-share uh, through this mini-series that we're doing on testimonies. So, uh, she She's like, I don't feel like sharing my testimony, our testimony this week. So uh, we're not going to share our personal marriage and, and, and testimony this week, but we're going to share some other things. And uh, just we've shared it a lot. And, uh, I, you know, it's just, I don't know. Why didn't you? Just didn't, weren't feeling it. Huh? I, did, I just didn't feel like it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned along the journey of maturing as a, as a leader um, in, in our home, as well as most of all in church, is Nicole's not required to do anything that she doesn't want to do, that I was appointed and put in as pastor here, not Nicole. Um, we are together as one, obviously, uh, but there's usually this automatic assumption that if I'm the pastor, uh, that Nicole's automatically the other pastor, and she has to lead all women's ministries, and she has to do this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. We're not putting the pressure on you. You get to do, pick and choose what you want to do. Don't do what you don't want to do. And the same thing with our kids. Like, kids, you don't have to be perfect. There's no pressure just because you're preacher's kids. So, um, so anyway, she's like, no, we're not doing that this week. So uh, let's start by a fun story. Yesterday, Wait a I, second. Can I interrupt there? Because I feel like that sounds like I am a diva. And really, I'm saying there are some times when I just don't feel like it. But honestly, too, I, I do ask the Lord. I mean, I wasn't just like, eh, I don't feel like it. You know, so I do think that Jesus had a part in that decision. You didn't tell me all that. You just said, no, not this week. I was like, all right, fine. I won't share our testimony. So. Anyway, yesterday we, I had a fun day. Um, I took my daughter. We started a thing seven years ago with Chloe, going around Ohio and finding the best cinnamon rolls in all of Ohio. So we made a full day of it. So yesterday, Olivia and I, we went to try to find the best ice cream in Ohio. Uh, don't judge our results, okay? We did forget Young's Dairy to put that in the ranking. So that would be in the upper third. Um, but this place called Lil E's um, in Plain City, Ohio, took, took the top for us. Uh, but we, just, to be, just to be fair to graders and all those other hand-dip places, we weren't specifically looking for ice cream, just ice cream or hand-dip ice cream. It was like, who has the best brownie sundae or uh, blizzard type thing? That's what we were getting. That's what we were going for. It was a fun day. Uh, I haven't had like sweet sugar, like processed sweet sugar since the first week of June on vacation. Um, so it felt a little odd uh, after our third or fourth ice cream. Uh, we didn't eat breakfast. We didn't eat lunch. It got to be 2 o'clock. We had only eaten ice cream all day, and I started to get a little woozy. And I was like, man, I got to eat something. So I threw down two Coney dogs and some French fries and cheese curds. So it was awesome. I've been eating clean for like eight, six or eight weeks, and that was, that was weird. This morning was weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> we ended up having 10 Sundays each, for, but uh, we, we, we brought a cooler with ice. 
So we sampled a little bit, packed it up. We brought uh, Tupperware stuff and packed it up, brought home leftovers. So it wasn't too crazy. Don't judge me too hard. I don't need to borrow any of your insulin. Uh, we were good. We were all right. So, so Nicole, she was looking forward to a day alone. And uh, the kids kind of all ended up at different places. And we call her, and she's like, we're like, how you doing? You enjoying your, your you day? Are you enjoying a day to yourself? She's like, I'm lonely and bored. <laughs> Now, do you ever feel like, I don't, I don't know, I just never, ever have a time like that where I didn't realize as many of them would be gone all at the same time, so I didn't plan for it, and then I just kind of felt like I was flippantly just not using my time. What could else have I been doing, you know? So, but I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was definitely like, I'm gonna, should I call them? What are you guys doing? How's it going, you know? And she called me, she's like, where, where have you been? I was like, aren't you following our Insta story? <laughs> so anyway, it was a fun day. And uh, so if you, if you feel like you get on our Insta story and see the 72 uh, story pics we put up there, and uh, Olivia, um, it was a good day. I think she's serving today in kids' class. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. We want to talk to you, continue on the, the thing about testimonies, and really testimony specifically being a seed. And we want to talk about trees and just some other fun things today. And uh, so hopefully it's co-sharing and not just me kind of taking over. Uh, as we started to prep, I kind of prepped all the notes. So I was like, oh, if I just don't speak them all, and so we'll, we'll figure this out. But it, the reality is we are hungry, and this is kind of what today's message, message is. We are hungry for this next generation, for our kids specifically and the next generation, and the kids that testified last week going from youth camp. We want to just continue on that, that we are hungry. We, we are actually um, passionate about our kids and the next generation having greater encounters with the Lord than we have. We are passionate about them going further in the Lord than we have, that their platforms are bigger than the platforms that we're doing. We want the next generation uh, to literally go further, go deeper, go wider, go longer. Like, this is a passion of our hearts. Our, we have a private ministry called Family Legacy Ministries because we want it to be about legacy. And uh, that's just something that's so passionate in our heart, has been for years, that we want our kids to grow in the Lord more than we've even grown. And, and we want, there's that saying, you know, we want our, our ceiling to be their floor. And not just in ministry, specifically not ministry, specifically not a job or vocation, but in the Lord. Like in intimacy with Him, in personal encounters with Him, in miracles, and all of these things, in this lifestyle of Christianity that we want them to go longer, deeper, wider. So we are so touched and encouraged last week to see all these youth. And um, Nicole, we were just talking and processing some things from youth camp that touched her, so it kind of creates the message for today. Yeah, so we were there, and I mean, he's told you guys before our connection with Bethel and the family there and everything. And um, <clears throat> one thing I remembered about that church was they had this um, incredible dance team. I mean, and I just was really encouraged by that because it wasn't just a certain age or guys or no guys or just girls or whatever. It was just a big group of people. And um, so we get there Thursday night, and they, of course, they are like, we're going to start with the dance. And I was like, yes. And um, I, I saw some of our good friends that we have known, you know, 10 years ago, and their little kids were babies. Like, their babies were babies when ours were. And here was these guys, the mom and the dad, the, the married couple. They're kind of the ones that oversee it. And then I see their daughter, who's probably sixth or seventh grade, and then their son, who maybe is like fifth grade. And just... It was, to, I don't know why, but it just ministered to my heart so much because especially coming from being in church all the time and your kids are in the church all the time and they, at this and that and everything else, you, you kind of sometimes are like, are they going to be like, I will never be a part of that, you know? You don't want it and you hope for it. And, and like he says, like we try really hard to, to um, you know, be real and honest, but also let them benefit from it. But to see that their kids were in it in passionate like, it wasn't just they were moving because they were made to do a dance, but, like, they were worshiping in that. And I just was so moved because I, and I, I told their parents, I'm like, you guys, like, this is generational. This is generational. It's not just still the mom and the dad doing the dance, and now the kids are sitting in the chairs watching. It's now the kids have picked up something that they understand why and, and who it's for, and they're, they're pursuing it personally as well. And it just really moved my heart. And not only that, to see their family up there doing that, but also, like, the age range again. Because ten years in 10 years, a lot can happen. Teens that we had here 10 years ago who were on fire aren't here now. 
you know? And so to walk in and, and then begin to see like the generational movement that was happening, they were the ones that maybe were like in their 20s and now they're in their 30s up there dancing, but now you have the 20 year olds in there. And then you have the 10 year olds in there. I just, it just really spoke to me because a lot of times it's not just about showing up and doing and, and being here today. But to me, it's what is the fruit that is produced? You guys, if you've ever talked to me, you hear me say it all the time. To me, it's all about the fruit that's produced. And when I walk into a place and I see that generational peace happening and there are people a part of that, that to me is fruit that is produced. And so, I don't know, that just really sparked my heart. And I just was like, I don't, I think it was a, a healthy jealousy. I do. But I was just so jealous to want to see that peace generationally happen. And we are seeing it. We are seeing it in our youth. Um, but just to continue to see that, just like not just in our youth, but just overall. Like, I want to see your kids here. I want to see your grandkids in here. I want to see the five-year-old that's in class today teaching, you know, the five-year-olds in 10 years. And just that's just like the heart of all of this and what seeds are planted and how we're watering them and that whole dynamic. Um, so one of the things I saw was Pastor Nathan is, um, is just a dear friend of ours, part of our history, and was the youth pastor when we were youth pastors, and now he's one of the, the senior leaders of their church. And um, man, his daughter's on the stage, she's 21, leading worship, you know, they're serving, they have their, their um, room chaperones and different things. So, so just Nicole and I, we're just like, man, we're so blessed to be a part of this rich inheritance, as well as now we're seeing it in our own. And there's a prophetic guy named Sean Bowles, and if you've not seen our um, YouTube video on that, he, he called us out in a big, huge conference by name. He's like, is there an Aaron Simmons here? And, and one of the things that he said in that, if you haven't seen it, is, is that there will be a revival in your church, and there will be ministry in your church that touches every generation from young to old, no matter the age. So we are hungry for that. We are pushing into that. We are receiving that from the babies to the, the, the most mature people in here. And uh, that's what we're hungry for, that everybody in a generational movement and a generational convergence has a place, that we need disciples and we need disciplers. We need people that are receiving and hungry to be taught and teachable and hungry for God's presence and know how to pray, know how to read the word, that are pressing into that, and those who are willing to teach, those who are willing to pour out, those who are willing to teach the trades and the things that are being lost with communion, with knitting, with cooking, you know, those things, reading the word, praying, knowing what intercession is. We need those teaching this, and it's a generational convergence. So, so with that, we're, we want to speak today on the seed and the tree and, and how, how it all comes together that a lot of time it's the second generation that's the strongest. That's our heart. Our heart is that the next generation is the strongest. And, and it's this funny thing to see Lily up there singing and to see her. Lily, are you? She just left. She just walked out. So she's like 13. She's being generational. So she's like 13. Oh man, I'm so glad she's not in here. So 14 on Tuesday. So she's basically 17. So there she is, sweet Lily. To hear you sing, Lily. Lily, we're talking about you right now. Let, let, let me just. Andrew's her dad, who is, who is leading today, and Lily's uh, his daughter on the piano, and, and, uh, and Andrew and Lauren have, have served their lives in, as prayer missionaries, as intercessors, and being connected to IHOP and different things, and they've given their life, and it's just a beautiful story and beautiful thing to see Lily now as a second generation, well, actually third, he's sitting with his parents who are pastors, right? So this generational convergence, which is beautiful for the message today, uh, to see that, but it's that next generation, like Lauren and Andrew pressed into prayer for Lily, and just a year or two ago, within the last year or two, to see her maturity, to see her growth, and, and Lily, man, you are called for such a time as this. You're, there's something special about you, and I'm not talking about your singing voice or the talent. I'm talking about your heart. There's something so sweet and so hungry for his presence that it's... it's your life's a testimony and a good tree and good fruit and good fruit comes from the good heart and, and, and you have such a good heart and, and to see that and hear her singing the lyric hell lost another one I am free yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tag into that just a minute because the thing is with that with Lily is that she's not up there because dad said you're up here and you're playing and singing with me this week I'm sure he might have like given her a nudge however you can tell when someone's doing something out of duty and somebody's doing something out of heart. 
and you can see it all over her. And that's, that's the goal. I don't want to force my kids and see my kids doing something just because they have to. It's because they choose to. And I want to also clarify something. A lot of times I feel like our examples and what we refer to is, is like so much ministry church scenarios. That's probably because we're pastors, so that's kind of like what we always think about. Um, but this goes for like any area of life your workplace, your business, your family, your home. Like, so anything we say, like, what we're saying is, like, the generational piece doesn't just mean that your kids are up here on the stage singing or out being a missionary. That's not the point. The point is, like, what are you sowing into them and seeing what they become for the kingdom? And remember, the kingdom doesn't, is not 100% just in the walls of the church. I just began to just feel that lyric even in my personal journey and this week I had the opportunity I'm a training officer for the Troy Fire Department and the mayor rides up on her bike and I actually shared my testimony with the mayor as we were talking and, and where I was as a teenager and I led um, a training for 165 bus drivers for the county right so and I shared my testimony that I was arrested a couple times as a teenager that I was suicide all these things right but something transformed me and, and as we're seeing that man hell lost another one I am free. I was doomed to hell, right? But God, and suddenly that's our testimony. That's our story. Something, and I'm not just talking about our salvation testimony, our transformation testimony. I'm talking about some of you in here have been through a divorce. You've been through some hard stuff, and God brought you through that. And let me just tell you, there is a seed inside of you that is actually the solution to the person next to you, to the person next to you in a cubicle, to the person at that counter that you're buying something from. Somebody in here has gone through something that somebody else is having a hard time with that needs help. The same thing, you might be sitting here or watching online right now, like I'm going through a hard time. Let me just say, somebody in the body of Christ, somebody next to you in this room may have been through that, and that becomes the seed of the testimony that's the solution to the trial that you're going through. That's the seed, and it goes forward, and that's the thing that we're talking about is it's not just this thing of salvation or, like she's saying, ministry. In life, junk happens. In life, mistakes happen. In life, there is sin, but God. And suddenly, now I have a story for his glory. Now I have a story. Now there's a seed inside of me for somebody else struggling around me. Somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs your testimony. Somebody needs your marriage breakthrough. Somebody needs to hear about your letdown and but God moment and your journey of faith and trusting him when it got to the point of a breakdown before the breakthrough actually happened, but God. Somebody needs this. And those are the trees of the harvest and the seeds that need to go out. We cannot sit and be silent about our story. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about glorifying Christ in it. Man, I hear all kinds of talk. I hear so much talk from believers about, about politics, about all these things. I wanna hear stories about the glory of Jesus. I wanna hear stories about his presence transforming lives. I wanna hear about the power of his resurrection in my life, in your life, in their life. I wanna hear about the miracles and the healings and the breakthroughs and the depression stories that are now joy stories because smiling does look good on you. So today we're gonna to go and, and just the key verse is gonna be Psalms one, one through three. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the revelation of light. He will be standing firm like the flourishing tree, planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, by the still waters, by the goodness of God. Bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. I, I was, Nicole and I had decided to talk about the tree and the seed and all this. And yesterday in my drive, Olivia wanted to take a little time and watch some of the Olympics. There was some volleyball on, so she was all about that. I was like, well, while you watch that, could I listen to a message? And I listened to my friend Jamie Van Gelder's message, and, and it was from the context of this scripture and talking about the tree and the seed, and I had most of these notes already made out, and I was like, yes, that's confirmation. So what we're talking about is like that tree. This is called, in Psalms 1, it's called the tree of life. It's this tree that in his righteousness, in our story, in our breakthroughs, we are planted by these waters, and all of a sudden, we're bearing fruit in every season, and we're not withering up. We're not having a drought. We're not, we're not being uh, cast away or, or shut down. It's this thing, a beautiful thing of bearing fruit where everywhere we are. 
through his righteousness, through being in Zion, through being touched by God in whatever way that is, because everybody, everybody say this, say, I have a story. You have a story that is different than anybody else's story. And there are people around you that need to hear your story, that need to hear your goodness about God, that need to hear your journey, that need to hear your transparency and even your vulnerability and even your mess. Because you're here, you made it. You've arrived. You've made it. You are here today. You are breathing. You are talking. You are, you are here. We are worshiping Jesus. Man, look how far we've come, and look how far we still get to go. We are in process. All of us are still in the midst of a journey, in the midst of a, of a, of a story, of a, of a testimony. But here's the thing. We're, we're here now, which we're not where we're supposed to be yet, amen? But we're not where we used to be. We're moving forward. That's a powerful thing wherever you are in that. Let me, let me tell you a story here, and this is just the power of a seed, and, and, and sometimes it's not just about the tree. We, I hunt, and, and, and like down in the country parts of Ohio, of Wyoming, of these, these crazy places, right? It's like, go past the big ridge, and on the left, you'll see a big tree, and then you turn right. And then once you turn right, you go about, I don't know, seven mailboxes, and then, then you'll see this creek, and in the creek, then you turn left, and you might have to go down the creek if the water's flowing, it's like there's no streets. It's like, wait, what about, what's the name of the road? What do I type in my GPS, right? And it's like all these references. So in, in one of them, we have the, the century-old oak. And they were telling me, I was going in the dark, and this, this, these, these guys who had hunted this property for many, many years at Titco's property, they're like, you go in about 200 yards, you're going to see the century oak. At the century oak, you go up the ridge, and then you'll take that ridge over. It'll curve around like a horseshoe, and then you drop down. There's a stand right there. The century oak. So I, I get totally lost. I have no idea where I'm going, and I just sit down until it gets daylight. Then I walk out, and I see the century oak. Walt, do you remember the century oak? So it's a, this big oak. You couldn't even put your hands around it. See, here's the thing, though. That century oak, maybe by now, has dropped over. Maybe, maybe it dropped. I don't know. I've not been there in 10 or so years. The point is there's more fruit in the seeds and the acorn that it's going to drop to carry on the generations than in the tree itself. It's like yeast. Yeast is a microorganism that continues to, to grow and multiply. And you'll see, like, this is a special yeast from Italy from a 1,000 years ago in King Henry, right? Any bakers in here? I had to verify some of this through Matt Buer. But anyway, it's like this special thing that continues, and it's that special thing, right? It wasn't the original bread that it baked. It was what continues on from that. This pen right here. There's, there's this really amazing um, man named, named, I believe, Ray Hughes is who got this. Anyway, the point of the story is this came from Cane Ridge, Kentucky. This was a pen that was spun from a wood uh, tree that fell in Cane Ridge, Kentucky. And, and he bought the whole tree. And he began to make things. And he made 12 of these pens. And Jamie Van Gelder ended up with a few. And, and they were supposed to go to apostolic centers that were going to carry out revival to the next generation. And I was gifted this pen on behalf of Upper Room to carry out revival, to continue and go deeper from, from a seed that came from a tree, right? So here's the deal about Cambridge Revival. We went there and we visited, and I know the justices have and some others in here, and I've shared a bit of this with you if you weren't with us. It is a desolate place. The caretaker doesn't even know much about it, and I don't want to slander anything, but the, the portage on was full and it was nasty. My kids had to use the bathroom bad. There were weeds everywhere, and it was overgrown. And, and the point is this, I, a bit heartbroken, because such a historical place that actually launched and was the seed for the Second Great Awakening, and to see it in that way. But see, we're not supposed to visit memorials for Jesus. Like, he is a living being that continues to multiply and grow. So, so here's this thing. The most important thing isn't what is still in Cambridge, Kentucky. The most important thing is the seeds that spread from there and led to the Second Great Awakening. It went through circuit riders. It went to the East Coast. It went all the way to the West Coast. It was the seed for, for Azusa Street Revival. It was the seed into the Welsh Revival in Europe and all of these other revivals. It was the seed. See, the thing is in us and in your story and in your testimony and in your legacy, it's more than what the tree that launched the thing is. It's the seed that it bears to go to the next generation. Now, we get to be a seed that started be, even before Cambridge, but that's symbolic of the next great awakening. That's what this pen symbol, I've only actually used it twice, once today and once other time. It sits in a case, and it sits on my shelf 
I, I covet this. This is just a, one of the dearest gifts I've ever received because it's symbolic of a seed that's supposed to carry on to the next generation. I just want to say, like, as I was reading about seeds and things like that, one of the things I was reading was, like, that something has to die so that something could keep going. And just as you were saying that, like, that tree had to die so that these seeds could keep going. And I just was, I'm relating that back to, like, what he was saying about, like, you have a story. And sometimes we have to die to ourselves and be humble and be willing to share that piece of our story rather than keeping it in because of shame or guilt or embarrassment or because we're trying to portray something now. You know what I mean? And so there's parts of us that need, well, all of us that needs to die so that those seeds can go out, like he's saying, and, and help someone else. Like, that is when we die to self and share our crap. <laughs> our crap. So, Genesis 8.22. I'm going to read that. But before I go there, Mark, he, it, it starts these parables. And Mark says, uh, it's the parable. It's the first parable, and it's the sower and the seed. And, and Mark says, if you don't get this parable, you don't get any of them. There's something powerful about the seed and the sower. And Genesis 8.22 says this, while the earth remains... While the earth exists, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Ohio, amen. One of the hottest days yesterday, so humid, but in six months we're going to be complaining. It's so cold and it's ridiculous. Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. There is always going to be seed time and harvest. And there's something powerful about sowing in the seed. So, so here, here's the deal. We're, is it okay if we put a little pressure on you? Is it okay? Like this, the Bible talks about um, his promises, okay? In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says this. It says, for all his promises of God find their yes in him. Then it says, that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. It's his promise, but it's our process. If, if somebody gives you a prophetic word, that's great. That's awesome. That's a promise from the Lord. If it's trusted or not a false prophet, it's confirmed. It lines up with the word, etc. right? That's a prophetic word. We receive that. That's a promise. But say the prophetic word is you're going to go do this and apply here, and you're going to get accepted, and you're going you're gonna to continue this through a career, blah, blah, blah. Okay? If you never apply, that prophetic word is probably not going to come to pass because you didn't do your part. You didn't do your process. It's the same thing. We're supposed to have these testimonies and grow closer in the Lord, but there is a responsibility on us to do our process, to journey with him, to stay disciplined in him, right? There's these things, and in our testimony, we actually have to walk out the testimony to fruition to becoming more like him in Christ. L let, me, let me just expand on that a little bit. We can have all these great things that look amazing but on the outside, but if our heart's rotten, eventually it's going to come out. Okay, here's the deal. We can look great on Sunday. Woo, Jesus. And then comes Monday, and we're moaning and groaning and testifussing at work. And testimoning at work. Or, or Friday night comes, and we're just part of the party. Yeah, that's not living out your process in Christ through the journey of the testimony that's continuing to grow inside you as a seed. All right, let's, let's move on. Matthew 7, 17 through 20 says this. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yep, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their what? Actions. It's not just the talk, it's the what? It's the walk. I know Nicole wanted to kind of touch on this, but as I was listening to Jamie, he was like talking about the fruit of the heart, and Man, let me just say this. A life dedicated to Christ in itself is a powerful testimony. When you can go through junk and stay steadfast and true and full of faith and trust in him, that alone is a testimony. There are people in this room that literally have been through hell in their lives. Hell on earth. There is people in this room that have had the greatest losses that, that man can imagine. There are people in this room that have been through some junk. There are people in this room that have been through tragedy then they still glorify Jesus. They still trust him in the process. They still want to be thankful for what they have and where they're at. That alone is a testimony. When Christy lost her husband and then her second husband, by the time she even reached her upper 20s, she's lost two husbands to tragedies, and she still 
praises Jesus because he alone is good. He alone is worthy. She still carries the peace, the shalom peace of heaven, and the joy of the Lord is her strength. That alone is a testimony. I just love this whole thing of Matthew 7, 17 through 20. I just, there's so much on each verse. Um, it really is just a way to evaluate your heart and your life. And I think that a lot of times you'll, you'll say, well, why this and why that and why this? But if we go back to this as our reference... And just really, like, let that sink in. A good tree produces good fruit, period. A bad tree produces bad fruit, period. And a good tree can't produce bad. A bad tree can't produce good. So we want to not acknowledge the fact that perhaps these types of things might be happening in our lives because there's part of us, if we refer to ourselves as a tree, that needs some work. And so I just, I felt like this was just not, this was as much of a challenge and opportunity as it is kind of a like, you need to evaluate your tree and really be thinking like, um, he said, like, I could look like a good tree, but what is the fruit that's coming out? Like my kids honestly would probably say that I'm a pretty bad tree right now because the, tr the fruit that I'm producing at home around them, I've, it's just, uh, I'm just being honest. I'm just sharing my truths, right? It's just, I have just been so, like, I don't, well, I hate the word stress, but that's the only word I could think of. Stress, I'm anxious, I'm just, I don't know. It's a whole new season of life, and I'm just, like, over the top. So I would just say, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm a good tree. I'm just having some bad fruit. No, that means there's something in my heart that I need to deal with. And then I'll start seeing the good fruit produce. So we have a bad day, yeah. But when I'm seeing consistent patterns that continue to happen, that's my problem, not theirs, not anyone else's. I can't consider myself a good tree because I've got some bad fruit popping out. And so this, this piece in verse 20 where it says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. That really spoke to me when I read it in the NLT version because a lot of times when I think of producing good fruit, I tend to think like future because we love thinking of generationally and things like that. So I start thinking of the future and I start thinking, eh, you know, this or that and they'll be fine. Like it'll be fine. Like in 10 years, we'll see it. No, like it is so purposed and so intentional for now that if I even look at my actions, my actions of today, my actions this morning at the house, my actions in the car, like all of those things, those are the fruits. Those are the things that I can look at and say, all right, that was good or that was not good, and I need to look in my heart and figure it out. And Lord, I can't even figure out what's going on, so I need you to. I need you to show me. But I'm open. I'm open to your correction. I'm open to you showing me. I'm open to doing what it takes to push through so that I could be a good tree. And I just think that, that chunk there, I just really challenge you this week to really lean into Matthew 7, 17 through 20, to evaluate your heart, evaluate your fruit, evaluate your actions, evaluate, just evaluate things. Because that, honestly, this piece right here, this is how the kingdom advances. Because your actions are what either draws someone near to Christ or pushes them away from Christ. And so that should be the thing that we're really leaning into just as believers. I want to write, read what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1.12. He says, for our boast is this, for our bragging rights, our, our opportunity to exploit Jesus is this, the testimony of our conscience that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, righteousness, that we behaved in the way that a believer should behave, not the way the world should behave, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God and supremely so towards you. Now, I want to I highlight by the grace of God, okay, this is not performance, this is not in a thing to earn God's love. He loves you already no matter what, all right? This is not performance. This is not striving. This is not the treadmill of exhaustion for the love and approval of Jesus. He already loves you. He approves of you. He delights in you. Zephaniah 3.17 proves that. Like, he delights. You're his happy thought. You're his joy. He sings about you with, with gladness, right? These are the things that the Lord does. 
But there is something special that by, through his grace, I look different. I act different. My testimony then is not just this story. Now my actions in my life back up the story that I'm saying. In marriage, there's this, we, we did this course once and it was talking about a bank account and your love, your love bank, all right? And there's deposits and withdrawals. And it might be equal to 10 deposits for, for one withdrawal. Like if I say something nasty or, or am just really mean to Nicole, that's a withdrawal that's huge. And that, that might take like 10 flowers or 10 washing the dishes or 10 I love yous and affirmations to make up for that one withdrawal. It's the same thing really in the kingdom. You can share your 10 different testimonies to a person and that's awesome. And they, they, they are ready to commit to Christ. They are ready to come to, to this journey with you, come to church, explore, like all that, right? And then all of a sudden they see one hypocritical thing, and that is worth probably way more to them in their heart and what they're looking at versus those 10 great things and exploits you said about Jesus. It's the reality. We see negative. Our, huma our human nature without Christ is that negative things compound, and these negative things add up, and the negative things sell like the news. Okay, Bible says guard your heart, it's a wellspring of life. If you're having a problem with negativity and doomsday thinking and fear, stop watching the news. Stop watching the things that are not glorifying Christ or the news stories or the Instagrams. or the, the, Those are weeds and those are seeds that it should never take like, seed into your heart. Get rid of them. It's really easy. I, I had to do it a few months ago. So anyway, there's this thing of like these deposits and withdrawals. The, one of the worst things that you could do is live a hypocritical life and say this and, and exploit this and then live a different way. It, it is so powerful. That, that is so powerful in an unbeliever's head, in an unbeliever's mind, in their judgment, without knowing Christ, without knowing grace. Let, let me just move on to generational testimony. You're a seed that's sowing generationally. And we're, we're getting ready to wrap up here. We're, we're, we're finishing because we want to create some time for activation and some involvement. We want you guys to participate. The greatest marketing. What's the greatest marketing? In, in, in secular world, anywhere. Greatest marketing still. Word of mouth. It used to be like 90% of the people coming here was word of mouth. Now it's probably 50%, but it's still the top. It's like, we found you online. We saw the Instagram. Like there's some of that. There's way more of that now. That used to be less than 10%. So anyway, word of mouth is still the most powerful. Somebody that has went somewhere and had great experience, they're going to share that. And they might even see it through Instagram, but it's still word of mouth. We had a great experience. Lily's was amazing ice cream. All right. How many in this room are like, man, I might try to find that place by a show of hands. Anybody? Like, well, that piqued my interest. That was word of mouth marketing. Okay. Same thing with our testimony, the word of mouth thing. But I'm telling you, if you go there and you have a bad experience, you're going to exploit that. And that's going to be word of mouth. It's, it's this thing. But if we don't walk the walk, the word of mouth doesn't matter. Your life is a billboard, okay? And let me just talk generationally here. Don't expect your kids to live greater lives in Christ than what you're willing to live yourself. I, I saw a powerful thing a couple weeks ago. I saw a grandma and some grandparents bringing grandkids here. And I was like, you may not be able to control your kids coming to church, but you can certainly offer your grandkids to come. And you can be that peace in the next generation. But, but at times we're like, oh, we're praying for our kids, praying for our kids. Okay, that's awesome. That's great. What's your life? What's your heart? What have they seen? What did they see growing up? And do you need to reconcile some of the things they may have seen to what they held judgments to in an, un, in an unhealthy heart or an unchristlike heart to where you are now? Because you've transformed. You've changed. Do they know that? Do they know that journey, or do they still remember that, that angry rage man? That's me. I was the angry rage man before Christ. Do people in my life remember the angry rage man, the alcoholic, the, the adulterer, right? These are the things I did before Christ. Do they know that man? Or, so, so they may still only see me that and not know there's this whole 14 years that's happened in my life that's different. And now I may need to reconcile, oh, man, that's not the person I used to be. When I was on that bachelor trip with you, that is not who I am now. Man, God, he's really captivated my heart. Man, the journey, you got a few minutes? I'd love to tell you about the last 15 years. These are the things. But we can't expect our kids or this next generation to go deeper than we've gone if we're not willing to go there too. We want them to walk in integrity, but are we truly walking in integrity even when no one's looking? Are we truly in that prayer closet? Are we truly worshiping through the week? Are we truly living this out? And Sundays are a priority for us because we want our kids to be here. But is it a priority for us? 
I was just thinking about where it said, or where he's talking about walk the walk. And I think some of us, depending on what phase you're at in your, in your walk, is you're like, I'm trying to figure out what, what is the walk that I'm supposed to be walking? I don't know. I didn't grow up in the church. I don't read the Bible. So what happens is we say, walk the, you talk the talk, walk the walk. But how are we going to know what, what our walk should look like? Um, some ways we can do that is through mentorship, discipleship, having people that we look up to and value and, and see the fruit in their life. But the other thing is making your own spiritual investments by depositing, I read this, depositing the word of God into your spirit. That's how you're sowing into your life and figuring out how I'm supposed to be living. And so you put it into your heart and then what comes out is fruit everlasting life, seeing kids, your kids saved, things happening in your families. And that's the thing is like, we can stand here and we can say like, walk the walk, but half of the people in here may not even know, like, well, I don't know. How am I supposed to walk? Just read the Bible. Start by reading something in the Bible. And even if it's one thing, allow that to be the thing that you plant into your spirit and then it will begin to grow. And then that's how you'll like, okay, I've captured that. Now I'm going to move to the next thing. And so you cannot depend on someone else in your life to just be the one who shows you how to walk. You have to invest and you have to sow in to your life and to your spirit through the word of God. How? Spend time with Jesus and find somebody who seems attractive to what you want and figure out how they cultivated that and got that. And... and let me be more specific. We have a ministry called Thrive. It's for discipleship. And we have all these life groups. We have so many things. And like, and, and just to keep it real, like usually same gender is preferred. <laughs> You're a man, and you want to be a good dad. Find somebody who you think is a good dad in this body and their testimony, because I didn't always used to be a good dad. I didn't always used to be a good husband. Well, I was getting saved as we were pregnant. So I started off yeah. better dad than I did a better husband. But anyway, you see a good husband, you see something that you want, be like, how'd you do this? How'd you go through this? And now that becomes discipleship. But last week we read a verse in Revelations. We're made overcomers. We're made victorious by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We're made overcomers by what Jesus did, what he continues to do in us, what he did on the cross and what he continues to do in our lives as believers, right? So that's the two things. So the two ways of how to, to live this out is through Jesus and the help of others. It's, it's really simple. I mean, it's, we sometimes complicate it. Well, uh, you know, they've had more given to them than they can. No, just like Jesus, he's like supernatural. He's really great. He promises that his grace is sufficient for all of our needs. So just a little bit of time, he's going to show you. He's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to be radical in your life. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And, and, and trust me, the journey's worth it. So anything else? Let's close this out. All right, so we were at, um, we, we do this tradition as well, uh, where we take each of our daughters separately um, to uh, school shopping. And we take a time, we, we go to dinner with them, we let them pick any place they want to eat, and then we do dessert and allow them to pick any place they want dessert. And it's just a fun thing. And in that time, it's really just like, we need a captive audience of them, all right? We need this time, because we want to know their hearts. What are they afraid of going into this school year? What do they want do they want friends? What's, what's on their heart? Are they scared of something? Are they nervous going into the school year? And then we pray into that. We, we go through and we pick a Bible verse. For, that's a theme for their year. Um, and then we pray into the things they ask. We prophesy over them. We make declarations. So Hadassah, she wanted to eat at the, like, super high class. And so she wanted to go to Subway, okay? <laughs> There's not many options at Subway for me, uh, the way I'm choosing to eat right now. So anyway, I make some things happen. And we eat, her baby's taken care of. Like, it's a fun day, all right? We, we get there. She gets a foot long, and she actually did eat six inches. I was like, whoa, okay. I thought she was going to eat, like, that much, and she wanted, she wanted a foot long. I was like, baby, you can have a foot long. So anyway, we, we get through this. We go outside. And uh, first off, we'll show the subway that we're talking about. It's on Main Street in Troy. There it is, okay? All right. So we're going there, and we walk out. And then we see something. You can show the next picture. We see something as we walk out. In front of those daylilies, thanks to Brittany, right above that curb, there's a tomato plant growing in their landscaping bed. We're like, that's funny. 
and, and it's just this hilarious thing because obviously somebody probably didn't want tomato on their sandwich or something, threw a tomato there, they landscaped over it, and now the seed of the tomato became a tomato plant in the landscaping of Subway Troy, okay? First impressions matter, just saying. So, so anyway, it's just funny, it's comical, right? And here's the thing, I was like, man, that's, you know, you're a business, like pluck that out of there or something. But then we thought it was funny, and in and, and sewing, it's like being intentional to sew in the right place, at the right time, in the right person. Like, when you have these audiences, and let me just tell you, a, a waitress, a waiter, a cashier, those are captive audiences, and it doesn't take long. It take, you can share a portion of your story in 10 to 30 seconds. Easy. You can talk about the goodness of God in 10 seconds or less. It's super easy. But then we started to press into this a little bit, and we're like, man, that's... And Destiny, she made a post recently about, about volunteer plants and, and the second generation of plants and how they're actually stronger than the initial one. That's our heart for this movement. That's our heart for this ministry, for our lives, for our family, our kids, is that the next generation is stronger and is more fruitful than even us. And I hope that's your heart because you're in a place that wants to cultivate that. You're in a place that wants to see the next generation's dreams come to life, that wants to see revival in every school system, in every hospital, in every cancer ward. Like, we want to see revival. We want to see transformation. We want to see a world that looks different than the way that we found it. We want to leave it better. And, and this was just a funny thing of like, but thinking of that, like, that's actually a really powerful plant. It's surviving, it's not getting watered, it's not getting cared for, it's literally just growing there. Yeah, but I will say this, I just thought of this. How many of you have tomato plants in your garden, right? Does anybody else's look like a giant jungle? Like no matter how hard you try to keep them separate and pretty, they just, like it's just, they, but that's a result. Like I've watered my plants. I tried my best to like do what they needed, they would need to be a successful plant. And so there's the two differences there. That was a seed planted, but, but nothing intentional is happening to it. So yeah, it's growing, but is it gonna really survive? Like if we go, well, we got rain yesterday, but I was just, if we went much longer without rain, it would have started to wilt, you know? And, but versus the tomato plants in our gardens that we are intentional about, that we water, that we do careful things to it, and they just like blow up. I mean, I have like 500 tomatoes. That's the difference in those two things, in those two scenarios. Man, I just thought of that. These seeds are only as powerful as the tree that's releasing them. That's only as powerful as the roots that are growing the tree. We have to root down. We have to let our life be the example and our life be the testimony not just tell a testimony but be the testimony not just tell people about a cool church and not i'm not talking about the dysfunctional church i'm talking about the bride of christ that's not just this building that's not upper room that is the beautiful bride of christ that's united and it looks amazing whether you're methodist or nazarene or press like all of these amazing people like that's the beauty but not just telling people about church but being the church not just telling people about God, but exploiting a good God, living out a good God, actually living out the joy that says it's the fullness in His presence. That's living out the hope when there's a hopeless world that we're living in right now. That's living out the peace when there's anxiousness and fear and all of these things going around us in our society right now. Living that out, that's the testimony of Jesus. So what we want to do is we want to just end with some activation. We, we love participation in this church. It's not always just, like, you've already been prayed for. You had the opportunity to come to the altar. <laughs> uh, thanks, Corey. But here, here's the deal. We want you to split off in groups of three or four here in a moment. You can move around, uh, but please, get in a small group, and we're going to just ask you two questions. And then at the end of that, you're gonna, we're going to put a number on the screen, and uh, there should be a slide in there somewhere. If not, we'll type it in, 937-506-0011. However, we're going to ask you two questions in your small group, and I want you as a group just to send one of these answers. So share in a group your, your answer to these and then pick one of them, send it to the number. The first question is going to be, how have you sown seed in someone's life, shared your story, shared a testimony, and seen the fruit grow? That's the first question. How, how have you sown? How have you seen this come to life in your life? All right? Share that very, very briefly. We want to be on this less than 10 minutes to release at a reasonable time because I want to hang out in my pool and eat lunch today. So but here's what we're going to do. That's the first question. The second question is, what's an, unless we're going to challenge you to get vulnerable in a small group. We're going to challenge you to get vulnerable. Stretch yourself a little bit. 
The Bible says, confess your sins one to another. All right, there's power in that. We're not saying, if you're not comfortable, don't do it, but just please be vulnerable, stretch a little bit. And what are areas that you could work on that would match your walk to your talk? What are some areas that you could do better at? What are areas that, that your coworkers, that your family, that your friends, that your kids, that your grandkids may want to see a little bit improvement in you to lead them to a better Christ? So those are the two questions, and then just send us from your groups one answer to each of those, and then we're going to share them briefly here publicly. So Mark, set, go. Get in groups. People around you, people across the room, some of you have never met before, go. Groups of three, four, five, six. Just to remind you, first question, a time where you've seen fruit from a seed you've sown, and then text one answer to the number that's going to be on the screen. watching online we're gonna put this this slide up here's your two questions online or if you watch through this week and you're online the first question you're answering and just put it in the comments so where have you sown seen seed and seen fruit we just love to hear your stories online even and those who are watching and then you can text your answer you can either text or put it in the comments online but text right now the group if you could just pick one to 937-506-0011 and then if you can move on to that second question. The second question is, what's an area of your life that you could work on, that you, that you know Christ can refine in you, something that, that he can make you more pure in or, or stronger in? 
to strengthen your roots, to strengthen your tree, to make your seeds healthier. So if you could discuss that now and be a little vulnerable and then text that into the same number. You should be ending that second part and sending your text in right now. Just some areas that you could work on. We're going to close this out in about one minute and start reading them. So send your, send one, just one thing from your group. Who would be willing to, to not by name, we're not going to give names, but publicly share that. So just one of them. second again but we'd like to read some of these out loud and for those people who are online um, we love watching you guys engage and I even love this moment that I can have a hard time getting you to shut up 
that's actually very, very healthy. And um, like, I love it. it. And we were just talking just a few minutes ago, we need to do this more often. That we need to activate and allow you to participate. It's, it's this thing to where you, you get this word, you get this message, and then oftentimes you leave and you don't have time or maybe even somebody to process it with. And then at times we lose part of the impact from it. We love creating this space. This is actually one of our favorite things and, and honestly probably one of the most fruitful things we do at Upper Room here is creating this space to allow you to engage, participate, be part of the message, help others in that, build community, and actually feel like you're part of it, not just a, a, a recipient, not just an attender, but you're an active participant. So we want to do this more often. We know we do it roughly once a month or every other month, but uh, I just love it. So here's, here's some of the answers. I'm going to share these. Uh, to the first, we're going to just focus on the first one. Um, and you can hold off text just for a moment, Josh. You can send me a blurp in a minute every time it sends me back to the bottom. Um, first one was, take a young man into my home that changed his life. He's a minister now and has a family. And uh, one was, uh, my children, he lost a son who was saved a month just before he passed. Uh, showing joy and smiling, being open to making friends. That's a good one. That's, that's a good one to sow seeds. Um, once went on a Black Friday prayer mission. They had a specific word of knowledge to find somebody. They found him, prayed for him. This was many years ago, but like, uh, obviously made an impact. Let's see here. Uh, work in relationships. Okay, so now we're gonna focus on question two, okay? Question two, being patient, being understanding to other people. That was something to work on. Somebody else put, uh, we need to listen to what God wants us to do. Um, showing your emotions and telling people what you're feeling. That's really good. We, we work with that with our children. What are you feeling right now? What, how do you feel about this? Don't just walk away. Tell us, share your emotions right now. Don't just yell, share your feelings. What's, what's in your heart right now? Um, focusing on children and grandchildren and friends. Work on anger issues. Be more intentional with teaching my family. More compassionate work. Trust God before getting anxious or stressed. It's a good one. I think we could all listen to that, right? Amen. Definitely defeating pride and fear. Both hinder pretty much everything I do because I get offended or scared and react in a way that doesn't make people see Jesus in any way. This one, just a couple more. We all agree that we could be better at not utilizing just the easy, obvious times to sow seeds, being more open, vulnerable, and intentional on where we sow seeds. That's good. Josh might send me a few more here, and then we'll just close in prayer. There we go. Uh, staying on that path. Controlling the tongue, showing people Jesus more, being more intentional to share what God has done in our lives, even though it may not feel easy at the moment more transparent and sharing our story to grow in the fruit of peace. Stop focusing on the negative, be positive and choose joy. Joyce Meyer, she, she has quotes in a lot of books that say joy is a choice. And it's, it's a really good word. So, all right, let's pray. Everybody could stand. I will say we do have a prayer team after uh, we dismiss here. If you need prayer for anything, they'll be at the front here. Uh, if, if you're coming into this place and we don't always, we never assume that everybody has a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, we don't assume that everybody's saved. We don't assume that everybody knows Christ is Messiah. So we're gonna offer you the opportunity to give your heart to Jesus, to know who Jesus is and to enter into the greatest relationship in history of all time for eternity. Uh, also, if you need prayer in your body or healing or anything, as you walked in today, or if you didn't get one as you walk out on the table outside the doors, these are little invitation cards. It's to church on the lawn. They don't have the name or address on there. So please make sure these are to be handed out in person to somebody. And uh, we printed them. They're only for today. Take as many as you want. And um, next week, just to clarify what next week is, it is a fun family, Upper Room Family Day. So we're going to have a short service. We're going to do worship, short message. But then Corey, who did transition today, he is going to share a gospel message and offer um, salvation and the gospel message to anybody who doesn't know Jesus. So this is an opportunity to bring your friends, your family, your neighbors, 
And uh, anybody that you just want to be impacted by the love of Jesus, it's going to be so fun next week. Bring your kids and grandkids. We've got jumpies rented. We've got a foosball court uh, ready. That's like a big jumpy thing. Bring your friends. So um, everybody. So Church on the Lawn next week, 10 a.m. We could use some help. There's a sign-up sheet for some serving areas uh, on your way out. But let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Let us be confident. Let us be courageous. Let us be bold with our stories, Lord. Lord, as you continue to refine us and strengthen our root system and our trees, Lord, let us bear good fruit. Let us sow seeds into others' lives. Let our trials, our tragedies, our circumstances lead to testimonies in others' lives around us. Lord, we know you've put the solution, you, yourself. You're in us, the hope of glory. So let us shine a light to those around us and let us comfort and bring encouragement and bring you to the people around us. Let us share our story. We thank you, Jesus, for the testimonies that are in here and the ones that are in process and the ones that are to come. We bless you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. Prayer team, you can come up. If you need prayer for anything, you guys can stay and pray. We love you. Have fun. Have a great week. It's a good day to have a good day.